I correlated discipline with control until I realized that discipline for me can look very different than the way you discipline yourself. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Not Yet Podcast, the project about self-awareness, self-healing, and how we can show up in our giant world ecosystem as the best person that we can be. And I'm here with Nicole Garcia. Hi, Nicole. Hi, how are you? No, I'm doing well. Just did some deep breathing. Happy to see your beautiful face. Oh my gosh, thank you. I really enjoyed that breathing. Thank you. Of course. Uh, Well, for those who don't know, before we record the podcast, we do a round of deep breathing together just to sort of reset. And I needed that breath. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it feels very on brand for what we're talking about today. (laughs) Before I get into all that magic, I'm going to give you the black and white version of Nicole Garcia, because Nicole is a multi-hyphenate creator who focuses her Reiki master energy on sparking conscious conversations within the black, brown, and indigenous communities through online content, in-person events, and digital campaigns. Nicole is an LA native who began her journey in radio on Power 106, then made a pivot to social media and digital marketing during the inception of Twitter and Instagram. Since then, she spearheaded conscious campaigns for Adidas, Interscope, Ciroc, Sway Calloway, Debbie Brown, and more. How does it feel to hear all that? Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool. Actually, I it's funny because when you were saying that, I was like, I took a step back and I'm like, dang, she's done a lot of cool stuff. And I and there's a lot of things too that's not even mentioned in that, but if they're nice reminders of how far that I have gone, how far Nicole has gone separating me from me, right? To see, you know, all the the cool different journeys that she's been on. That I've been on. Yeah. No, it's kind of cool that you talk about yourself in the third person too. I might try that out and see how I feel. Yeah, it's really cool because it also gives me this sense of like reverence for me because I know that I am like in this, in this lifetime, I am Nicole in this lifetime. This is how I look. This is how I present. This is how I am. And also this is just who I get to be in this lifetime. And I get to have this body in this lifetime. I get to have this mind in this lifetime and this mind and this body is called Nicole in this lifetime. And I also know that my soul is hundreds and thousands of years old and that this is just the turn. This is just Nicole's turn. And so it gives me this extra boost of like, of acceptance for who Nicole is, because sometimes when we're ourselves, we get caught up in our self-criticism and like, oh, I don't like this about me and that about me. But then like the bigger picture is, man, I get to be Nicole in this lifetime. And so I want to be able to accept that and embrace that and and enjoy all the things that, that I am in this lifetime. What's something about yourself that you're enjoying right now? I am enjoying my 
compassion and my like the, the there's a space of quietness before I react to things. And I'm really enjoying that right now of having compassion for others and seeing the same way that I, I can see myself from a different lens. I can also see other people from different lenses, which for so long felt like a hindrance to me because it felt like, um, like I should be mad at this. I should be mad at this person. I should be, you know, but that was also, I just, I wasn't. And there's a, like a space of like a stillness before responding or reacting to things that I can kind of sit in, in that second or like second and a half of um, either reflecting if something is take, if I'm taking something personal or reflecting on what is happening in this moment and, and then gauging how to respond and how to react to that. And I'm really appreciating that right now. It feels like growth. It feels like like that's that stillness right before response feels like um, it's peace. Feels like peace to me. Yeah. Wow. It seems like you really value being able to experience the world around you from a place of responding rather than reacting. Yeah. And also the people who I'm around and the people that I'm in conversation with really matter to me. And I don't take that lightly. And I've always said this, even before I really fully understood it, is that I I look at relationships, I look at friendships, I look at, at time with me, I look at time with you, with other people as a luxury and a privilege. And I don't take that lightly. So when I'm in, you know, grabbing lunch with somebody or having a cup of coffee or in conversation, it's very intentional or with who I'm spending time with. It's very intentional because it is a luxury. It's a luxury to, to, for me to be around you and in conversation with you and sharing knowledge and learning from you and then vice versa. And, and I've always kind of had that, that, um, mindset of privilege and luxury with me and with others. That's so delightful. (laughs) I love that word. It is delightful, right? (laughs) Yeah. It is delightful. (laughs) Yeah. I'm in that, in that space of like delight now. That's great. So in this space of delight, uh, we already spoke about your bio, the things that you've accomplished, and that's not even the half of it. But can you tell <laughs> the Naya community who who is Nicole Garcia? So the way that I like to uh, introduce myself, especially with that, that question, who are you, right, is breaking into two different categories where who I am culturally and who I present, who you see right now is Nicole Garcia. I am a first generation Latina, super proud to be Latina. My mom's from Colombia. My dad's side is from Nicaragua. I'm a Sagittarius son. I am a business uh, business owner. Um, I do not consider myself as a hard worker anymore. I consider myself who someone who likes to work when I, I strike when the iron's hot because I know me and I know that I like, we actually were talking about this. I know that I am the most creative and have the most energy around noon. And so that's when I work. And I also get a second wind around six and that's when I work and that's when I create. And that's when I knock out certain responsibilities. And also when I utilize the time to be the most creative and yes, I'll have other 
other sparks of moments of creativity. And sometimes you got, you have a deadline and you have to work on that, but I'm not a hard worker. I am, I consider myself a smart worker. I'm somebody who, who works with my energy flows. Now that is who I am culturally. That is like the, the labels that's um, society. That's me fitting into society, into my culture, into the culture of the Latinx community. Um, and who I present culturally now, authentically beyond all the labels and, and, um, societal types of uh, conversations of who we are and who I am. I am somebody who considers themselves free themselves freedom. I consider myself freedom. I consider myself as peace and I'm working toward becoming love and becoming like understanding the unconditional nuances of what love is and what that actually, what it means to feel love and to be love. Um, I'm also authentically, I consider myself somebody who cannot be stopped and not, I cannot be stopped by any efforts from somebody else. I can only be stopped by the limitations of my own mind. I am, uh, I consider myself uh, the abundance. I consider myself abundance. I consider myself money. I consider myself, we talked about this just a few seconds ago, privilege and, and luxury. I am luxury. So I like to introduce myself in those two realms, like the yin and the yang, right? Culturally, I am this and culturally, excuse me, I am in uh, conversations with culture and in, in the culture of being Latin and, and indigenous and in that conversation. And also I know that I'm also way more than that. And I can separate myself from that and um, remember really who I am because who I am is far greater than Nicole. It's far greater than my culture. It's far greater than my gender. It's in fact, all of these huge, uh, not even huge. I don't even, I don't even want to say that it's huge. It's expansive. Um, it's these things that we think are, uh, outside of us. Freedom is outside of us and peace is outside of us and love is outside of us when in fact it is who you are. So I'm in a space where I am fully, uh, subscribed to learning more about me and also embodying what that is and, and understanding who I am and remembering, remembering who that is and remembering who I am. So that is who Nicole is. <laughs> that is who Nicole is. And right. It's so funny while you were saying that the word abundant just kept coming to my head. Abundance, abundance, abundance. And it reminds me of a bit in your bio where you talk about being multi-passionate. And I, yeah, I really firmly believe that every single person on this earth is multi-passionate if we allow ourselves to be. Yeah. And it is such a joy to hear not only your journey, but also your, your courage and your delight in stepping into that abundance. Yeah. Yeah. Because, okay. Uh, how do I describe this? Um, being multi-passionate was something that I also thought was a hindrance when I was younger. And I would in fact envy people who knew when it would come to like career things that they knew that they wanted to be a singer their whole life. They knew they wanted to be a photographer. They knew they wanted to be whatever in finance, whatever they wanted to be. They, they were certain of it and they followed this path and they went to college and they graduated with this degree and they, and they stuck through this road. And I was not like that. And so I would feel like, well, I like doing this and I like doing that. And I like doing so many different things. And so when it would come to the conversation of like, well, what do you want to do? And what do you want to go to school for? And what do you want to study? I was like, man, I, 
I don't know. <laughs> and so it took a long time for me to be okay with being okay with being multi-passionate and being really good at, at multiple things and also not having to just follow one strict path or one career or one passion. I can be passionate about multiple things and I can work on multiple things and I can start multiple things and I don't have to finish them. I can start them and I can pass them off. I don't, I don't have to be the one to see it all the way home because my, the way I work is, is I, I'm very up here. I'm very like, like creative. I, I can come up with a lot of ideas. And unless I'm super excited and passionate about it, I'm not going to see it through. I can start something and pass it on to somebody who can and who will. And we, maybe that's what was needed to, what meant to happen. Right. I started something and someone else finished it and, and took it somewhere that I could never have taken it. I love that, that note about finishing things, mm -hmm. whether it's a, it's a project or a concept. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you, you do have the gift of taking something from the ether and bringing it into reality. And also, you know yourself and when it's time to pass it on to someone else and when it's time for you to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also being okay with how long it, it takes to come to life, right? Something that um, I've been working on and I've been working through actually is my own podcast and having this idea, I wanted to do it last year and um, coming to like, actually coming to realization. Yes, I'm going to start this podcast and I got the mic and I got all the things. And then there felt like there were certain blocks that were coming up. And so then I went through this, like these multi-layers of, um, judgment for myself and then criticism for myself and then shame in myself of like, well, Nicole, you know, you come from radio, you can do this, create this podcast. And then the criticism of like, what's taking you so long to create this podcast and the shame of, damn, it's been a few months since I've actually put together this podcast, but then also having grace and this, the grace actually part for this element in, in terms of like starting my podcast didn't even kick in until last month, like having grace for myself and knowing like, okay, I said, I wanted to do this podcast in, I don't know, October of last year, but just because say other people can think of this idea and get their mic and start right away, doesn't mean that that's, that's how I was supposed to operate. And so now I'm in a place of like, okayness of, well, it just took me this long and that's me taking this long. And I'm now I am recording podcast episodes and, and I'm baking, banking, banking them um, until I'm fully ready to drop the whole thing up, like drop it all out. Um, but that's been a journey in itself, right. Of like taking time to experience whatever's happening and then take a step back and reflect like, well, what actually is happening right now? And then giving myself grace for whatever was coming up. You said before that you like to strike when the iron's hot. Mm -hmm. So whether that is the time in the day where you know that you're feeling the most amplified or creative or just thematically in a season, like you're talking about with your podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what does that feel like to know when it's time? It's like this feeling of excitement and like, 
the excitement that is that comes from my whole body that this is this is the time now this is when you're supposed to do this because when i try to do things when i'm not in the full readiness of it it's it's hard it and that's where where i personally face the most resistance of when i'm not fully ready to do something but i'm doing it because i see other people doing it or i'm feeling like i'm doing it because i'm supposed to do it but that's not when i'm I don't feel excited. I feel resistance. I feel frustration. I feel like it's not really getting places. Well, it's because I'm not meant to do it in that time. But when I, when I know when it's, it's time to do it, then it's a different feeling of excitement that is like radiating throughout my whole body. And now I'm in a space where I'm excited again to record. And I've recorded some episodes solo and I'm going to record next week. I'm starting to record with guests. And so now I'm feeling like, all right, now things are in motion and I'm excited about it. So I don't know if I would have felt this. We're in April now. I don't know if I would have felt this in January or February if I was doing stuff just to do it. And and also, like, I think the, the emotions of, or the feelings, I should say, of feeling frustrated and feeling resistance are also were information where it's, it wasn't time yet because it there could have been other pieces I needed to fulfill these conversations that I'm having. So a huge theme on the podcast of not yet is recognizing when you capital, you are ready and not Mm. really looking to other, looking to other timelines as a, as context, as information, maybe even as inspiration, but Mm -hmm. not as a directive. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it really warms my heart to hear it warms my heart to hear how in touch you are with your dreams. Mm. Yeah. Thank you. It's really, um, it feels like I'm just supposed to do this stuff, like whatever this is and whatever I'm excited for feels like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like there was, um, a time uh, in like high school and college and I was figuring out what I wanted to do. Right. Cause in high school, they prepare you for college. And so in those preparations for college, then they ask like, what do you want to do? Like what career do you want? So on and so forth. Um, and during that time it was, it was always medicine. It was always, I will always want to be a pediatrician. And so I was preparing for that. And I was in a med- medical academy within my high school. And, and that's just, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Then I got into college and I was like, no, Oh, this is not what I want to do. I didn't like that I had to see blood. I didn't like that I had to study like so many times, uh, like morning to night. I didn't like that I had to study that much. Um, then I took a step back and I'm like, okay, I remember the counselor saying like, what do you love doing? And then how can you do that instead? I thought, well, I love music. So then the a good segue to music is radio. So then I can go into the radio field and then merge into, into rate into music. Um, And I did that for a while, which is when I did radio. But then it wasn't until last year I had a reading with this really beautiful um, intuitive woman. And she had asked me, she said, if money was not an issue, what would you be doing? And that question freed me. I felt so liberated because I was like, damn, I never thought about that. If money wasn't an issue, I would be traveling the world. I would be learning and studying different cultures and just learning, just I just love learning new things and also sharing knowledge. 
and and having adventurous moments with my family and with my friends, that's what I would be doing if money wasn't an issue. So having that conversation, I was like, well, damn, that's what I meant to do. <laughs> if it's not money, it's, money isn't an issue. Like, no, I don't want to be in front of a computer all day. I don't. I don't. I want to be out in the world. I want to learn about the world. I want to learn about me through different cultures and different people and different languages and food and adventures and memories with my family in all of that. And so now it feels like the direction that I'm going in is where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. How has your spiritual practice supported you? in the role of entrepreneurship. You've shared a little bit about how it's it's guided you, but mm-hmm. how has it helped you feel safe and really trust through your spirituality? Well, what's really important to me every day is my meditation and my stillness. And that stillness offers me a buffer for the rest of my day. And it offers me a buffer for my own thoughts. Like the the habitual thoughts, the thoughts that just run as a cycle in the back of our mind um, that are distractions that that lead to criticism, self-criticism and self-sabotage and those types of things. But being still in the morning has, for me, offered the space where I can hear me. I can hear my higher self. I can hear God. I can hear the guidance coming to me as opposed to when I slip into human behavior of, well, I got to get this done and I have this to do list and I have to get, and this is my goal. And this is my milestone. This is my X, Y, and Z, which is all very human stuff. And also means absolutely nothing. So in that, the, those moments of stillness is where I hear the guidance and the direction and also where I, I feel nourished and I feel I, I come out of meditation feeling bright and bubbly and glittery and and like light. Hey, it's Paige here. And I want to talk with you for a second before we get back to the podcast. You've lived an adventurous life, picking up skills and knowledge so special that at times you wonder where you fit. You want to show up in your relationships authentically and build a career as expansive as you are. What if I told you the answers are in your stillness? Join me for mindfulness coaching and you'll learn what your intuition feels like and how to use it to build the life that supports the very best version of you. The you who's inspired, empowered, and aligned. Visit notyetseries.com to book your mindfulness coaching call with me today. I really do want to to also mention in this now that I have this platform with you in this in this moment for whoever is listening that I used to look at meditation as a chore and I looked at it as something that I had to do because other people said that I should do it and because they say it's good for you and then when I would do it it felt like a chore I couldn't ever connect my thoughts would get go crazy and until I slowed down and I heard like the real um, benefits of it instead of like, oh, it calms anxiety and depression and, and like not that, like I needed something more. And what it was for me was learning that scientifically, when you think of a thought for 17 seconds and focus on that thought for 17 seconds, another thought like it's going to come. 
And then another thought like that's going to come. And then another thought like that's going to come. And then it creates this train of thoughts. And then this train of thoughts goes into a loop. And that loop just continues over and over and over again. And if we do that for years and years and years, well, then we're stuck in our own storm of thoughts. And so those thoughts can be um, not having enough money for bills, or that can be, oh, this person doesn't love me, or I'm not good enough, or, and then these cycles just continue going on and on and on. But by being still, it's like we're putting a pause on those thoughts and being still and in those motivation and those meditations, even if it's not a complete halt. And even if whoever's listening to this is, is in their meditation journey where they're not there yet, where they're not stopping the thoughts yet, and thoughts are still starting to come in. That's okay. Because eventually you will get to a point where those thoughts entirely subside and you don't think of those types of thoughts in meditation at least. And then slowly it creates these, this buffer for the rest of your day for those thoughts to like not hit you as hard. It's, it's a slower, um, it's a slower uh, movement to you with those thoughts. So I say all that to say in my spirituality and in my day-to-day life, that's really important to me. And even if I do miss a morning of, I I miss my stillness, I'd still do it later on in the day. Or um, another way that I'm still is going out for walks and, and connecting with nature and connecting in different ways, because then I can still, I'm not thinking of bills. I'm not thinking of those types of thoughts. I'm, I'm, just admiring and I'm in union with the plants and nature around me where I'm still able to hear thoughts. I'm still able to hear um, the guidance of what to do next, even if I'm not asking what I need to do next. So it's that being involved in like integrated into my life is really important to me. Thank you so much. Yeah, (laughs) of course. Yeah. Thank you for not only sharing meditation as a tool for you, but also Mm -hmm. like your journey with meditation, because it can be like a lot of the narrative around meditation can, and sound so almost dogmatic. Whereas if you're not doing it right, because you're not getting it, if you don't get it, you don't get it sucks free. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I would, it's like, like we know ish, right? Like what we should be doing. We know we should save. We know we should meditate. We know we should eat healthy. We know we should exercise. We know we should be doing these things. Right. And like, overall, like we know these like general rules, but until we connect with why we want to connect with that and then how to connect it to ourselves, then it's not going to connect with us at all. And even like this idea of being disciplined, right? Disciplined with work, disciplined with my uh, my life at home, disciplined with work. Uh, I said that work already, but disciplined with spirituality, disciplined with those things. Like the word discipline, I, I really did not like it because to me, I uh, correlated discipline with control. And I didn't like to be, to feel like I was being controlled by anybody else until... I realized that discipline for me can look very different than the way you discipline yourself and the way that your spiritual discipline is, the way your at-home discipline is, the way you discipline yourself with whatever. It looks different for you than it does with me to whoever else is listening to the show right now. And until I connected with that, I was like, oh, 
Well, my my discipline doesn't have to be me waking up at five in the morning because Deepak Chopra does it. Like I don't have to do that. Like I can just pick and choose what I like. And then, and then when I'm ready to wake up at five in the morning, I can, but also not having judgment that just because I see this person doing that doesn't mean I have to do, I can find my own sauce and my own like ingredients to what I like for me. And it's the exploration of finding that sauce. That's the fun part too. You don't have to jump straight to, okay, Deepak wakes up at five. I got to wake up at five. And also maybe you do like waking up at five and, and that's, that's okay. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> and that's natural to you. Right. And if that's, what's natural to you, then, then by all means do that. And that's something that I've been exploring too. Like what's natural for me is to go to sleep around like 11, 30, 12. Like that's just natural for me. And then naturally, yeah, like waking up like around eight, like eight 30, like I, that's natural. That's natural to me. But now also I am working toward a place where I'm going to sleep earlier, but also having grace for myself, like going to sleep earlier and then waking up earlier. It depends on what, what I'm going, like what I'm doing in my life. Right. So, um, I was doing, I used to work out every, almost every morning, um, starting back from August to like March. And then in March I got sick. And so I couldn't, workout. And so now I'm finally in a place where I can work out again. But in, in that like month and some change when I wasn't working out, I started to go to sleep later and waking up later, my, my natural state. Whereas before I would go to sleep early and wake up earlier because I, I wanted to work out and I was okay with that. So I was going against my natural state of going to sleep like around 11 or 12 and then waking up at six or six 30, because I still want to fit in my, my spiritual practice. But it's also like, we you mentioned this earlier, going through these seasons, like we all go through seasons where we do the wake up early. We go to sleep late, we go through seasons of the foods that we eat, we go through seasons of our emotions and, and the waves that it comes in. Um, there are seasons that we all go and go through and that's okay. We are, we are human beings where we're not rigidly, we don't have to rigidly do things the way things have been done a million times before. If everything in, in this earth is a reflection of us, well, the seasons, the four seasons are quite literally that for us too. Yeah. I live in a place that has legit all four seasons for the first time in my life, not even adult life. I, I live in North Carolina and it's been miraculous to feel the impact of trees changing with time and mm-hmm. how that adjusts me and my personal rhythm. It's almost like nature has a system or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just infinite intelligence. All of, all of the plants and all the things. And also like taking that a step further with us as, uh, as genders identifying as women and also humans who have periods right? In our menstrual cycle, where each week of our cycle, assuming we have a regular cycle, is a season. And so the season where we are, where we're bleeding, that's our, our, um, our winter. That's our retreat. That's our um, not being out. It's, it's the, it's the internal, um, I say this word lightly, but the death inside of us, right? Where we are supposed to renew from, from, um, uh, winter, then comes spring, then, then our energy levels are higher and, and we're able to, to do more Then it's summer. Then that's when we're ovulating. And that's when, when we're out, when like we are wearing less, when we are and <laughs> quite literally, because biologically our bodies are trying to find us a mate and trying to, which our bodies biologically want us to get pregnant every month. 
And so to do that, it get, it makes our skin brighter. It makes it like it releases different pheromones that uh, for men to be attracted to us. It's like we quite literally have seasons as as individuals who have menstrual cycles as well. So we do, we are going through these different seasons. There is this like infinite intelligence that just knows what to do next. I do want to do a whole podcast episode about menstrual cycles and mm-hmm. the psychological, emotional, physical, I don't want to say impact, but I mean, it is interaction. Yes. <laughs> yes. The like the things that we experience as women, what we go through with our hormones is deep is so deep and we don't like, I mean, I wasn't taught this. I was going to say we weren't taught this. I don't want to speak for anybody else, but like, I wasn't taught any of that until I got into my thirties. And I was like, what? (laughs) I didn't know that we had each, each week in our menstrual cycle correlates to a season. I didn't know that it hurts. These cramps mean this. I didn't know that I did. I had no clue. And then also it's like sinking our our menstrual cycle with our productivity and also with how we're planning things. And it's, it's deep. I'm in the process right now of trying to adjust my external engagement with the world, with what's going on internally with my body. And Mm -hmm. I've been, I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be mindful, like what it means to be present And I'm going through a shift from it being, okay, so how can I just be aware Mm -hmm. and diligent with my mind and my thoughts and into a space of freedom? It's not about being vigilant or on alert, but rather in tune. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this chapter. Yes. Oh my gosh. Because all of it, and we mentioned this lightly too, is like everything is information. Everything that's coming up in our bodies is information for us. And so we can become it and we, and, and we can also feel it and we can observe it and we can question it and we can explore what it is. Like, what is this information that my body is trying to tell me? Yeah. It's all data, your emotions, Mm -hmm. your pain, Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This is so good. I was on TikTok earlier today and there's this one creator. I forgot her name. I'll put it in the show notes. And she said, I don't want to be happy all of the time. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be happy all the time. That's just one of my full range of emotions. What I actually want is to be able to experience the full depth of my being, of my understanding of my place in space and time mm-hmm. without the negative recourse mm-hmm. of being too difficult for the world around me. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, because also happiness is something that is dependent of an outside source for something for you to feel happy, but feeling joy is something that comes in from the inside and feeling um, satisfaction is much more powerful in my eyes that happiness is, is a current state. And, um, to me, it's like, it's joy is the, the deeper rooted connection. And also, yeah, I resonate with that, that I can feel all the things. And like, I don't, and I just said this actually the other day, I don't want to be resilient. That's not a badge of honor to me. I'm not, I don't want someone to look at me and to say, man, Nicole's so resilient, man, Nicole's so strong because being 
strong. Like, look at me and tell me like, man, Nicole, so she's, she's connected with her joy. Say that. Like, I want people to see me and, and to see that and to see the joy in, in me and to see the love in me and to see the brilliance in me and not the resilience because I have to be this way because of this pain or because of X, Y, and Z. We've been resilient. Like my ancestors have been resilient. Like I, I, and I know that my ancestors want so much more than more for me than to just be resilient or to be strong. And because I know all of, yes, I am resilient and I am strong, but I'm also so much more than that. Abundant. Abundant. Yeah. (laughs) I am abundant and I am freedom and, and I am all of these things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nicole. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Can you share one practice that's helping you discover who you are? Yes. Um, I, I mentioned it earlier already, but it's my morning routine. It's, it's being okay with my routine. And before I settled into where I'm at now with my routine, I was also okay with like having this buffet where I knew that every day the consistent was the meditation. And then if it wasn't, uh, then there were the, the variables in between that, right? So you go to the buffet, the buffet is the actual meditation. And then the variables are what you put on your plate. So it's reading, it's working out, it's going outside for a walk, it's whatever those things are. And so I would rotate all of those elements. So the season that I'm in now, the way that my morning routine looks now, because it can change at any time, and I'm okay with that, is when I wake up in the morning, I don't look at my phone first thing in the morning. I have an actual alarm clock. So the alarm clock wakes me up and then I get up, I use the restroom, I make my bed, and then I go and sit down in my chair. And that is when I am still. And I, what I like to do is when I'm having a hard time connecting, I look for a sound, whether that's like the birds chirping, if I'm hearing like a, a faint like buzz or like just like the sound of nothing is also a sound as well. So like connecting with that and then connecting with nothingness and being completely still. Then toward the end of my meditation, I call forward, I've actually never talked about this before. Um, I I've created these um, guides and I have certain guides for money um, like they're kind of like, um, like assistance, right. A guide for money or assist, assistant for money, um, for my well being, for balance, for love. And for when I say love, it's not just love with me and a partner, it's love with myself. It's romance, it's time and it's communication. So I call them all forward and I, and I give them their duties for the day. And my, the duty for the day can be for love, right? My, my guide and my assistant for love and, and asking my assistant that day, my guide to be present and show me ways that I can further and deeper love myself and make time for myself and appreciate myself. And then I'll go over to, um, time, my guide for time and tell him or her or it to, uh, 
elongate time for me and for time to work in my favor for that day. And then I'll go over to money and I'll go, all right, girl, like I know money, that's a feminine energy. All right, girl, today, let's bring forth some, let's bring some money in, like whatever, whatever way that that money is going to look like. I, I receive that and I accept that. So that's your job today. And I'll go to each of like the guides and I give them their to-do list for that day. And it's, it's like our little, our little check-in then cool. Everyone have their responsibilities. Cool. Done. And before I go to sleep, I also thank them when I'm like slipping into sleep, I thank them for all that they did for the day for me. And I thank God and, and all of that. Um, and then from there, I pick up my book. I'm currently reading Atomic Habits. So I'm reading, I read a chapter of that and then I'll get up, I'll do some stretches. What I, something I've learned also from Atom- Atomic Habits by James Clear is this form of habit stacking. And so I'm, I'm in a state where I'm also unsubscribing from certain habits and then also connecting with better ones. And um, because I haven't been able to work out because I was sick, um, I've been habit stacking by when I brush my teeth, I'll do squats at the same time. So like, I'll do my, like do just a few stretches before that. And then I'll do um, some like little booty exercises while, (laughs) while I'm doing that. Um, But that really helps me connect with myself and then also connect with my day. And if I'm somewhere that I can't meditate or I, I missed it for the day or whatever, I still do it late on in the day. And I still have grace for myself. So if I'm coming home later in the day or if I miss in the morning, it's okay. I still connect later on in the day. And I give myself grace for any moments that I miss the meditation. I'm not hard. I try not to be harder on myself for that. Thanks for sharing your practice because it can be so tempting to be in the sort of ephemeral space when it comes to spirituality, but it's a practice like anything else that we want to call into our life consistently. Yeah. yeah. Can you share more about how you, I mean, you, you mentioned the, the atomic habits and that, and the habit building or the habit stacking rather, how do you know when it's time to add or subtract one of these habits into your routine? I think it's also the space of being self-aware. So something that I've been um, noticing in myself is what's taking too much of my time. And it's a big thing is scrolling, like scrolling on social media and like the two habits that I've been actively working toward um, unlearning and then relearning and creating new habits is less scrolling on social and then also going to sleep earlier. Right. And so for me, I knew that I needed to, to change these habits because just how much time I would just spend on it. And there's, um, I love this book atomic habits because it doesn't feel like it, it feels like it, these ideas and these ideals of creating habits are much deeper and he breaks down the actual um, neurological connections to them, the cultural connections to these habits. And also it breaks it down to very easy ways to change them. One of the, the ways that he expresses it is when you're doing a habit that, you know, is not healthy for you to call it out. So if I'm scrolling and I'm in, in the thick of my hour scroll on TikTok and I call it out and I go, Nicole, you've been scrolling for an hour you're scrolling again, or I'll say, what are you looking for? Because oftentimes when we're scrolling, it's where either there's another book that I, that I read, um, by near Eall, I forgot the name of the book, um, where he says that when we are 
doing mindless activities, it's to reduce pain. So like when we're scrolling online or scrolling on, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, we're avoiding pain for whatever it is that we're telling ourselves we have to do next. So instead of taking out the trash, I scroll because I, I don't want to feel the pain of getting up. And it's not like like actual physical pain. It's just because you don't want to do it, right? Um, but I'm aware of these habits and how and when they need to change because of the, my self-awareness to it. And so, and also the habits don't even have to be a physical thing like scrolling or going to sleep late. These habits can also be habits of thought habits and these thought loops and these these other types of, of habits. Um, yeah, powerful book. I really recommend. It's an also if it, it's an easy read too. The um, the chapters are just a few pages each, and um, it's all broken down in in like casual English. So it's not like we're reading like a, a manuscript from like the sixties or something. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. definitely put Atomic Habits in the show notes. Thank you so much for that because I'm always looking. I'm always looking for more books to read, and I've heard that book come around a lot. And I think I just mm-hmm. need to read it. It's time. It. It's calling you, <laughs> <laughs> Nicole. Can you shout out what you're building right now and where the Not Yet community can find you online? Yes. Oh my gosh. Um, so right now, I mentioned my podcast. I'm working on my podcast. It's called. I actually haven't even announced this yet. So this is the first time I'm announcing it. So it's called the New Knowledge Podcast. And new is is spelled K N E W because this is knowledge that you already know, and now we're bringing it forth. So it's something that you are then remembering this knowledge. Um, working on that, so that'll be out soon. And you can find me on TikTok and Instagram with Nicole Garcia, and then on. Twitter with Nicole G. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.